What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You're tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Mr. Bartlett, spinning the one and twos today. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And the first segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese. Stephen Reese is a virtual insurance broker. He can find the cheapest rate out there for you because he represents over 40 different carriers for insurance, whether that's auto, life, home, or renters. Give him a call. He'll give you a free quote. His number is 210-641-4000. That is Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese, official sponsor of the sports crime. 1-800-707-976 Here's your number here to participate Give us a call if there's anything that we discussed on yesterday's show If you didn't have an opportunity to call You can parlay that over to today And anything that we're discussing today That's sports Or anything you might have that we're not discussing That's sports related You can give us a call We just ask you to be patient Doing the breaks and doing the long segments and breaks And we'll try to get to the phone calls accordingly Also, if you uh, need to reach out to me and follow me, you can do that on Twitter at SportsGrind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments that we'll get to uh, through the show if we can. If not, I'll respond to them later. Um, You can go to the business page, Facebook page of SportsGrind Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page as well and leave comments there. And if you ever miss any of the daily shows live, you can always go to SportsGrindOnline.com. And you can download the podcast through there as well. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. All right. Bartlett. What's up? All right, man. Ready to go? Always. Uh, Always. Okay. So, yes, it's Tuesday. And again, for the people that didn't tune in yesterday or Friday, um, this week's schedule, we'll be here again tomorrow. And then we'll be off Thursday and Friday handling some business. Um and uh, we'll be back, and we'll probably let you know Monday. Well, I might let you know tomorrow a little bit of what's going on. You know, it just depends on um, the mood I am, if I remember. If not, you'll definitely know come Monday. But anyway, all right. So on the sports world today, all teams, because first of all, I thought it was about the end of this week, but what I'm hearing is that all teams are officially in camp uh, training camp. Speaking of NFL, all 32 teams are in training camp as of now. You know, um, again, this is and, and look, and this is what I'll say: if you are a fan, especially if you are a diehard fan of a particular team that has expectations coming into this season in the NFL, this is the time that you probably want to pray a little bit. Okay, do a little prayer. And what I mean by that is because this is the time that you really have to hold your breath that your your team or your your main core, your player doesn't pop up at the top of the Fox ticker here or down the four letter network banner and say so and so went down in camp today with an Achilles, with an ACL, with a broken this. Because I've always said you can't win it. In August, speaking of Lombardi and playoffs, Bob, but you damn sure can lose it before it starts. So that's always, you know, I haven't always had that mindset, but, you know, over the last few years, you know, that's kind of been one of mine to think like, you know what, if you really pay attention and no one talks about it, just think about teams that are really 
have expectations that are going to be that are picked to be in the middle, whether division winners or, you know, a top three, four seed. We never talk about those teams that going into a season that get injuries and training camp and just really blows that up before it gets a chance to start. So say a little prayer for any of your teams out there, you know, just that. But other than that, you know, of course, and when you talk about camp, you talk about camp battles and you talk about this, you know, it sounds cliche, but you have a lot of that going on. And I can tell you right now, in my opinion, um, the most two important battles out of 32 teams in the National Football League in camp is going to reside in Pittsburgh at the quarterback position. And I believe it's going to reside in Carolina at the quarterback position. Now, there's probably going to be some teams that have, you know, a left tackle, a right tackle battle. You probably only know about that if you really cover the team or you pay close attention. You know, it might be a depth on the running back chart or running back who's going to get one and two battle or whatever. But if you want to talk about mainstream battles that are put to the forefront in regards to the media looking at it, people that cover them looking at it, and that's going to get national attention, it's going to be those two camps. Because really, you have a situation where you're used to, you're used to three, you know, you're used to a quarterback battle amongst two. But you very rarely see threesomes. Experience that. Pause. Okay. I'm trying to think, man. I've lost memory, but now I won't go there to see if that's. I mean, I'd have to go, but I doubt it. But I have to check the numbers, check the tape. But anyway. You barely see threesome quarterback battles. And this is what you got with these because Pittsburgh, okay, um, you got the rookie picket, okay. Also, you got Trubisky as well. And you still have Rudolph over there, if I believe. Now, everybody, no one really factors him in, but at the end of the day, it's open. It's open competition, okay. I believe that Trubisky still probably, he will probably get the start. I think he will beat out Pickett. Now, Pickett is the future, but I believe if he beats him out on the start, he's got more experience. He's been in different offenses, so he's going he's gonna to be able to learn this, I think, a little bit faster than the rookie Pickett can. But I believe if he gets on the field and he starts, he's probably going to be looked at as one of the free agent steals this offseason because I think you're going to see a total different Trubisky under an offensive coordinator that knows what he's doing and a head coach that knows what he's doing as well and with the premier running back and who they have in the backfield, okay? So that's what that's a very interesting ballot. You go to Carolina. Um, we know about Baker that just showed up, Sam Darnold, and the rookie, my man, that they went ahead and uh, drafted out of Ole Miss, okay? I think that that, you know, and you hear Matt Rule talk, he said, hey, you know what? the team's going to pick who's going to start by the way they play. He's like, it's an open competition across the board. Matt Carell, I believe, is going to end up being better than both of those cats. He's going to get the job eventually. I don't know if it's going to be this season, if it's going to be later in the season. You know, Carolina has a decent roster if you look at it, especially on the defensive side. I mean, they've got probably two corners that could go start at 25 or 20 other teams in the NFL. The question is, can McCaffrey stay healthy? And do they have enough offensively? And are they going to get enough good quarterback play? And is that line going to be better? The offensive line, you know, that really separates, especially if you don't have one of those elite quarterbacks or a future Hall of Famer, you need pretty much elite line to make average quarterbacks be able to function. So that those are two battles that I'm really looking forward to hearing about because they're legit battles.
And think about what's on the line for Mike Tomlin. I mean, you look at the odds in the desert. Pittsburgh is – they're pretty much odds to finish last in that division. They're like at 10 to 1, I think, even to win the division. They're like at 40 to 1 to win the conference. Tomlin's never had a losing season, but he's about to go into battle with either a rookie quarterback or a quarterback that has questions that is right there in that journeyman class in Mitch Trubisky. So Tomlin, you know, it's this is going to be a very – this is what he wanted because I think Tomlin was ready to move on from Ben about two seasons ago. So you have that going on. Aaron Rodgers shows up to Green Bay camp today looking like the stunt double for Nicolas Cage in Con Air. I saw that going on. I said, you know what? I'd have to go ahead and agree with that. He, 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 you can say a lot of things, but that just smelled arrogance to me. I'm sorry, Carl and Polk. I know that's y'all's quarterback and the Packers. I mean, I'm glad he stayed put. <laughs> okay. Glad his ass stayed in Wisconsin. Didn't want him to come up there. Just arrogance. Tank top, wife beater, some jeans, boots, hair just long, and just strolling in. I'm like, hey, I thought it was a tradition to ride the bike to camp in Green Bay. You too good for that? This guy shows up looking like the stunt double in Con Air, man. The one that had to get back to see his daughter. I mean, the only thing he was missing was the stuffed animal they took on the plane from. Lot of pre- I won't say a lot of pressure. Show up. You can go in the swag all you want to, but you throw into a bunch of babies this season. Okay? You about to get a dose of what TB12 has dealt with probably for 15, 18 years of his time in New England. Okay? You, you're about to get, Aaron's about to get introduced to that world. And, you know, if everybody says he's a bad man, and he is. I can't take nothing from him. I just think his, his attitude as a person is probably shady and backstabbing and is, is bad pompous ass, but I can't take away his talents. But he's throwing, I hope he's coming in with swagger because he's throwing to babies this year, period. And I'm telling you, man, the more I lean to it, people sleeping on him. Vikings got a good shot to win that North. You heard it here, I'm telling you. I know they've got a first-year head coach, but if you look at Mike Zimmer in that time, that was a toxic relationship for the last couple of years. We never got to it on the docket, but I had it a couple of times and wanted to get to the former linebacker that played for Coach Zimmer that was there with Kirk Cousins. said he couldn't stand him. He said he could not stand him. They didn't get along. And I was thinking, how can you win? I mean, you heard about Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz, where that was in that Philly, where they stopped talking after week four. And you go into a season the last couple of years where your head coach can't stand that quarterback, speaking of Kirk Cousins, and also the media's on Kirk. Like, oh, this guy's got this money. He stole this money. Can't win in prime time. How can you win games? So I believe that's they're talented over there. If you look to if you look at their phenom rod receiver in Jefferson, I mean, he's come out today. His goal is 2,000 yards. He wants 2,000 yards this season. Is it tameable? Probably. I mean, Kurt is, you know, look, Kurt wouldn't want to be a, a he's not a guy with one of my team that I have rooting interest for. And probably a majority would say that. But there's one thing about it. He's still got Dalvin Cook, which I think Dalvin Cook is still, he's a top five back in this league. He's got to be, if he can stay healthy. I just believe there's some, and I don't know if it's just about that Devontae Adams loss. I think it has a lot to do. I think they lost a linebacker. They lost some def- a couple defensive pieces as well, too. But it's really about the youth of receivers that Aaron Rodgers is going through. And I don't think he's never had to deal with this in his career. I could be wrong. 
Cheesehead Nation might correct me on that, but I don't think I, I can't remember that. But this is just one of those situations um, when you look at Minnesota, I just think it might be something that they might be able to sneak in there and win that division. I definitely think if you look at the weakness of the NFC, yeah, I said it, the weakness of the NFC, it's really three, it's three team top heavy. I mean, of course you have the Bucks, but again, Todd Bowles, I love the brother, but he's coming in for his second stint. You know, um, Bruce Aaron, you know, play, you know, Tom's going to get, you know, Byron left, which is still there. You know, but you got Leonard Fournette showing up like he's basically been ordering number sevens at Whataburger all summer. Okay? The triple meat. Okay? I gave those up about a year and a half when I went to the doctor the first time. I was like, oh, no, I can't. Ain't looking like, no, I can't do those. You know? But, yeah. So, the question is, when you look at Tampa Bay, defending champs, the Saints, And that's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot after that. So really, I, I was too generous. I, there's three. There, there, there's Tampa, the Rams, and the Saints. Now, the Saints got the biggest question mark out of those three because it depends on what kind of quarterback play they're going to get from Jameis Winston. But if you remember before he got hurt, he was willing to deal it. That, that, that's the three right there. Everything else is a crapshoot. I don't think I'm leaving out anybody. It's question marks all around the NFC after you get past those three teams, in my opinion. You don't think there's another team out of the West that can really push? I mean, that's what it's been one of the best divisions in the NFC for a while now. But Kyler coming back, I understand the question mark about DeAndre Hopkins for the first six weeks, but you still have, you added Marquise Brown. Uh, you're, you're, sta- you're sound at the tight end position. You're rather sound. Uh, you're at the- speaking of. I'm you're sorry? Sp- the team you're speaking of again? The Cardinals. Okay. Just want to stay on the same page with you. Yeah. You're, uh, you're rather sound, and, and it's a big year to prove. I don't, I don't know if you can necessarily discount them entirely. The, uh, not to hop on, on, on a regional bandwagon down here, but the Cowboys is, is, a, is a team that really needs to be meeting expectations. Are you, are you going to leave them out of a, maybe a top, a, a top contendership this my, year to get it done? Okay, listen. My statement was, and my take in this segment, okay, was outside of those three teams, it's a crapshoot, meaning that all those other teams you list got questions. I'll start with the team you brought this, up. I'd say the Saints, the Saints have more questions, they, they've too. Got, they, they got a super – look, can't say that about Dallas. Damn sure ain't going to say that about Arizona. Saints are the only one out of that crew. All of them got a championship defense. They've got a championship defense. It comes down to Mr. Crab Legs himself, Jameis Winston, and playing the first year without a future ballot Hall of Fame coach Sean Payton. Talent-wise, and I'm not even getting to the receivers that they added. That team, it, if Jameis has come off this injury and he doesn't need a full year to recover and he doesn't turn the ball over, their strength has been their defense in the last couple of years, even in the last Drew Brees years. They have their head coach as their defensive coordinator. He didn't leave the building. It is an adjustment without a Hall of Fame coach and play calling in my beliefs, but it comes down to Jameis, their talent, I'm telling you, that has them in the category. When you talk about Dallas, and you, first of all, let's go with the team you started with, the Cardinals, okay. which I really wanted to lead with that story, which we're going to lead into it and get into it because that was the big news today. It got leaked out of Colin Murray details in his contract, okay? And one of the things that got leaked out, which I'm telling you, this is somebody, this lets me know there's people in the building that don't like Collar. 
It lets me know Kyler Murray, some of the things we hear about him has to be true. He, he, he's an ass. He's immature. Because somebody to leak out the details of this, not the money, okay? Not for any love of the game clause. Not the fact that his family has to use the, the owner's private jet three times a year. But a study clause. A study, a preparation game tape study clause. If you've got to put that in the contract, what the hell are you giving him that kind of money for anyway? That's why I didn't really like this when this broke last week, late last week. It's not that I don't like Collar. It's just the fact that it is, is like, you know what? There is something to that, and it's the coach and the quarterback, they're connected. And there's something to sliding in the second half of the season. There's something to that. Without a doubt. So if you want to talk about them, it's really about is Kyler now. Now you've got expectations. Now you've got pressure. And now we know you don't like to study. You, you don't like the you don't like to study. You don't like to prepare. That's what somebody in the building told me. Listen to the sports grind broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official Sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, 1-800-707-9760. This next segment is going to be sponsored by Way to Grow. Way to Grow is a full-service landscaping company that can handle all your residential or commercial needs. Uh, they'll give you a free estimate as well. All you have to do is go to waytogrowlands.net. All right, that is Way to Grow, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, so 
sticking at the situation in hand in NFL. Got some other things, too, before we circle back, because I see Isaac Mitchell has had a question on live that I want to get to here, circle back, um, too. But some other things in the uh, sports world that's going on. Um, of course, baseball, you know, continues to move on. Um, it's crazy because one of the worst teams in baseball, the Nationals, beat like one of the best teams in baseball last night, the Dodgers. Four to one, Nats win, plus like 255 on the money line. Uh, they went four to one. The reason why I'm bringing up that game, because it happens. I mean, hell, you play 162, you know. Uh, but Juan Soto, um, still a young player. He's been on the best, the big stage in the World Series, won a World Series ring. But you can tell he's taking, he's going to a next level. Because I believe all these trade being on a bad team, which he's not really used to, he's not, this is his first time, probably the worst team he's been on since he's been there. And you got to get adjusted to losing. And then on top of that, this is the first time you have to go through trade rumors and trying to block that out while still going to play games for a team that's at the bottom. His body language is different. In my opinion, I think it's affecting him a little bit. I haven't even looked at his numbers. I'm not even talking about me. He could be still having a hell of a season. Just won the home run derby. But I just think his body language in regards to around the team, I mean, especially, you know, this is a guy that's always had swag at the plate, you know, swinging the hips like he's been, you know, in a choreography class with Shakira or something. But it's none of that right now. It's none of that. So I believe, you know, he will get moved. It's just going to be it's going to be a matter of time and I think who makes that call. Who makes that call that wants to give him that bag cuz this is not a rental player for 2 years. This you can't play with this. This ain't one of those cats and not, not in my opinion. Because like I keep saying that they ain't giving him away for dirt cheap. But baseball continues rolling. And you know, are the if you think about it, are the Astros the best team in baseball? If you really look at it, if you, if you look at it and and again, I'm speeding you know, because I'm really going to dive into them here over the next month, really the whole uh, pretty much league, but I've been keeping up and seeing what's going on. They might offer the best matchup for the Yankees in the postseason. I mean, because it really looks like they're on a collision course, those two. You know, you got, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I think you got the Subway Series tonight, I think gets going between the Yankees and the Mets. That's must. I told you for months, people trying to talk that World Series into existence. Okay, so you you got the Subway Series tonight. Uh, speaking of the Yankees, I've been viewing the captain uh, with Derek Jeter. Everybody, if you listen to this show long enough, you know I'm Derek Jeter is one of my favorite athletes. I believe he's 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 the goat on and off the field. I think especially for off the field, the way he's handled himself. Um, I've got a chance to check the couple episodes out. I mean, I haven't rushed to anything they put on ESPN Plus. This is the first thing that came. I didn't Tom Brady, not Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning brought number third, number three to Dove Valley. And I still didn't rush to go get his. Tom Brady, no. Nothing. Captain? Yeah. Because I knew they were going to touch on some of these subjects. Because Derek's never really talked like this. He's never really sat down with any post-career or prior. Now, when he took that role with the Marlins, he had to deal with the media a little bit more. But I'm talking about a one-on-one sit-down to go inside the mind of the captain. And I will say through two episodes, I hate this is not one that they can just let it be and let me watch it at the pace. Probably would have been done with it already by now. But they've gone through two episodes, but very pleased. And some of the things that I've taken from that, I mean, again, 
you know, I look at Alex Rodriguez. Just, I mean, I remember having conversations even off air with Salami and all the books he would read and all that. Even back then, he would even tell me, you know, A-Rod has this reputation of being phony amongst his peers. This is a guy that has pictures throughout his house, or once did, had pictures in his house with his body, with his head on a horse's body. Now, you got to really, there's one thing of having like 40 mirrors in the house. If you got a mansion so you can walk by and look, look at yourself constantly in the mirror. If you're a good looking man or a good looking woman, or you have a nice body as a man or woman. There's a lot of people do that more than you think. But to be that full of yourself, to put yourself on a half horse's body. would tell you all you need to know about A-Rod. And that's the reason why I never bought. I knew that whole relationship with Jalen. I knew that was crap because A Rod. You don't care about. He care. Yeah, he liked the kids. It was just one of the things, but he didn't care. A Rod is trying to clean that image up when Cooperstown comes. That's what he's trying to do. He's the first one that's really say, "Hey, man, I've screwed up. I lied twice. Hell, I got busted when the rules came in. Let alone when I was doing what they wasn't testing for it." But the reason why I bring up his credibility because there's a part in this. And spoiler alert. Sorry, if I hadn't seen it yet, I'm gonna be talking about it. But oh well. There's a part in there when they start to get to the, the, you know, the, the Alex Rodriguez stuff. And there's a reporter that covered Alex Rodriguez and covered Derek Jeter to the most part. But you could tell he had a relationship with A-Rod. And he goes back to a photo shoot that they did when they were younger, probably their second year in the league, probably 30, somewhere very young. And it has Derek Jeter kind of leaning over A-Rod, like standing over him, leaning down in the pose. Well, A-Rod tells this reporter back then and says, hey, you know what? They've done couple, you know, couple multiple interviews with each other. He says, "Hey, you know what? I'm not going to do any more interviews. This is probably going to be my last interview doing with, you know, Derek." And the reporter's like, "Okay, how's why?" Well, you know, it's just one of those things. You know, everything going around. You know, the magazine cover, the way they have him standing over me is kind of like he feels like he's bigger than me. He's he's over me. He goes, "Let's face it, I'm the better player." And the reporter said, "Yeah, you know, Alex, you are." Which the truth was, Alex was. I mean, at that time, when he came out, Alex was, I mean, one thing that this is documented that I didn't really know or really focus on is how bad Derek really struggled through the farm system early on in his first year being uh, caught up to the bigs. But A-Rod, when they come back to A-Rod and, and now in real time, you know, oh, that couldn't be nothing from the truth. Man, A-Rod, shut up, man. You said that. I can believe you said that. Oh, two brothers. They try to go ahead and change two brothers. But it's funny because the thing I'll leave on this note, you got to go watch it. I, I, episode three is coming up this week. But if you go watch it, there's one thing that stood out to me, too. He's like, hey, yeah, if he had the RBIs, he had the hits. I didn't care about he had more hits to me or if he was better. It was about who won more. <laughs> he goes, I won more. He just look at the camera. I was like, Derek, man. Like, that's, I mean, that's the, because if you look at it, Derek, if you even go to, you know, the diehard Yankee fans, you know, um, it's Dave, like people like Dave Munoz and stuff. Derek, you can't even argue that Derek's really a top five Yankee of all time. I mean, if you look at the history of players that's played with the Yankees, Derek is probably not. He, I mean, you'd have to really stretch to put him in the back end of top 10. And I love Derek, but you talk about Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, Yogi Berra. Reggie Jackson, you got to go through those even before you get to Derek. But there's something about him and what he did with those teams. And I remember that game he talked about with David Wells had that perfect game or had that, you know, no, no going or something. And it was it was in that game or prior to where there was an error made. And I think Derek made an error and Wells just throw his hands up like, oh, gosh, 
<laughs> Derek tells us, he goes, I got back to the club. I said, hey, we don't do that bleep here. We don't do that here. And you got to think that's the time Derek was really taking on that he was a leader of the team. But must see, man. You got to watch it. I think it's good insight on somebody, an athlete, and they all think the same. And just crazy, that night, speaking of J-Lo, that night that J-Lo, the time that she reeled and her mother realized that he, she had no business dealing with this black man, whoever the hell he was, P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, Sugar Daddy. When shots rang out at that club, Sean went and did a bid for that. I think Sean did like 10, 15 years off of that. That they were supposed to go that night. Derek was supposed to go because they had a community. They had a connection. Derek's barber was really connected with P Diddy, so that's when that early night, like you know, like ninety after that first championship, Derek started hanging around and he said, "You know what? That night." And Derek said, "I was that close." He goes, "My name would have been caught up in that." He goes, "We were supposed to be there." So just think about that because Derek, from other thing, that's probably the closest from the field. He said, "Hey, I like to party, no doubt, because I like to have a good time." But when it came to get focused. He did it the best, man. Got to go see that. But it's definitely good uh, good television. Um, yeah, switching gears a little bit. I, I kind of want to go back to NFL. Like I said, it's about that time. I want to ask, uh, answer Isaac Mitchell's question because I think that's pretty much obvious. I believe, Well, not obvious, but I'll explain more to what, why that really matters. And I do believe <clears throat> somebody leaked that out with Kyler Murray. How much time we got? Oh, yeah, we got about like uh, okay, six, seven minutes. Okay, we got some time. All right. So Isaac Mitchell is saying, uh, he leaves on uh, Facebook stream live, he says, what is the benefit of leaking that after you have committed to him? Whatever bad habits he, he has, you're stuck with that after giving him that contract. What's the benefit of leaking after the committing to him? I will say that's a fair question, Isaac, but the simple answer and the reason why is because this didn't, I didn't say it was leaked from the GM. It wasn't leaked from, um, you know, Cliff. One leak from possibly the owner. I'm talking about your secretaries. I'm talking about your trainers. Look, man, it's a workplace. If, if you imagine, I mean, I know people look at NFL and the sports, but if you look at it, they have facilities that they go to. This is a billion, multi-billion dollar industry, the National Football League. They're a headquarters. Every team got headquarters. And a lot of those people in headquarters aren't just GMs. They're not players. They're just trained. You've got secretaries. You've got head of trainers. You've got uh, concession people. So my point is people talk. It's just like if you go in the call center. You Hey, what's going on? Well, you know Susie Guy left her husband last night, don't you? Well, what happened? He keep beating on her, girl. That's the reason why. People talk in the NFL like, hey, man, you know the whole thing with Kyler, right? Yeah. You know they had to put in a clause of his that he got to study? Really? That's why he's an ass. But he walks around here and thinks he owns the building. Yeah, that's why. That's where it's leaked from, Isaac. It's not necessarily that it's leaked from somebody that ain't got no control of giving him that money or not. But it shows you what his personality is in the building. And some guys don't resonate. They don't want to do that. They, you know, if my teammates like whatever. But true leaders at that position, sometimes you've got to shake hands and kiss babies throughout the building. Go look at Russ when he showed up. Okay, this is a guy that's got a Super Bowl. TV commercials, King of Seattle, all right? Best thing to hit Seattle since Kurt Cobain did. Smells like teen spirit. And this guy's married to Sierra. And what does he do not even two days after having the press conference at Dole Valley? Going around shaking people's hands. People that can handle ticket sales. This and this. Comes up with a, comes Avalanche nuggets, Comes games. up with a slogan, let's ride. You don't have to do none of that, especially the bar that's been set six years, 
since the sheriff left. So my point is, is that Kyler, out of all people, shouldn't be walking around the building. You shouldn't have that many rumors out there about, oh, he's immature. He's this and this. They gave him this money. Because I feel like out of an organization is desperate, like, hey, man, do you know when the last time, you know what we were dealing with before Kurt Warner? Even the few years we had Carson Palmer that got hide at the dice table. They gave it to him out of panic, I believe. But if you if you have to put in his clause that he's got to study. I mean, and I wonder what these guys listen to sometimes. Listen to Mike Vick. Mike Vick, you know, after through his mistakes after, you know, he did his time, he got in, you know, the whole bad news kennel and all that. But then when he got in the media, he started working with Fox. He started to open up more. And he said, hey, you know, the truth of it is, if I would have studied film, if I would have just studied, I mean, think how bad, Mike was a bad man. He changed the landscape of that position. And he never studied. Think about if he would have put the time in, not even put in 70% of what Peyton Manning does. 70% of what Tom Brady does in preparing. And he told y'all that's the mistake he made. And that doesn't come across Kyler's radar. Because this just can't be a rumor. It's in the contract. They had to put it in there. With a weight of $100 million. Because they can void the contract, right? If he, well, it, it voids that, that $100 million of the contract. So uh, $100 million guaranteed could be lost. If he doesn't do up to uh, do four hours of film study a week, man, I mean, come on, come on, you know, I don't know what to compare that to. I mean, Tom Brady is on like he's past the 18th green. He decided we're going to play through. We're going to play one more, two more holes. He's on his 18th green of his career at the end. Most Super Bowls out of any quarterback in history. Tom Brady's going to prepare his ass off for the Dallas Cowboys like he never played them before. Come week one. Why? That's, what's, that's what the greats do. And what Mike Vick is trying to say, hey, I made it this far off of talent. Just off of raw talent. And Kyler, for the most part, that's what it looks like to me. Now, I don't want to question his work ethic and all that, but studying, like this ain't, like I said, this is not Norman, man. This ain't Oklahoma. You know, this ain't the Big 12 where they don't play defense. Where you're getting 60 to 50 shootouts every damn Saturday in the Big 12 because everybody's allergic to defense. Now you're facing uh, Aaron Donald and Bosa twice a week right, yeah. right up the front, and then the secondary is behind them. I bet you scouts, I, I bet you NFL scouts, they send probably their least resources on the defensive side of the ball to scout Big 12 for the last five years. I bet you. I, they, I mean, I know they've been, oh, they've, Calvin, we've had defensive players coming to big. Nah, man, I'm talking about them blue chippers. I bet you they sent, hey, man, who's that? Oh, it's Leroy's turn, man. We're just going to send him down there, Big 12. He ain't draft nobody defensively out of the Big 12, man, in a long time. And that's what Kyler got to understand. This ain't the Big 12, man. You got to study. You got to know how to read defenses. It's going to help you when your ass slow down and you ain't as fast as everybody or faster than everybody else, too. You better start now. Listen to the Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back.